When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. So we have got two little bits of Purdue-adjacent news uh, that we're going to kind of look at broader trends in college basketball with them. So first and foremost, uh, Casey, I know you're very sad today. Uh, The news of Kansas State transfer Nigel Pack. Uh, He visited Purdue, he visited Ohio State, and he visited Miami of Florida, and he committed to Miami of Florida. Uh, Casey, do you have any idea why he would have committed there? I would have committed there. Um, two years, $800,000 and a core, was it a Corvette? It's a car? Yeah. Some as far kind of as car? I just know it's a car. I Any don't know car? the actual, yeah. I think I would take a Pinto if it came with 800 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the dawn of a new day is here. Oh, and, it's here. And, uh, NL, NIL is busted wide open. And once again, uh, thankfully the NCAA fully integrated this, um, like they were prepared for it since we all knew it was happening. So they... They came up with a nice plan. They put a cap to it. We we have good structure around the NIL to where yes, they've done a real good job of kind of setting it all out for us. We're much much like in the professional leagues. Um, every team is on an even playing field. Uh, it, it's not you know just a cash grab everywhere. Look, first of all, if your anger is directed at Mr. Nigel Pack, you're wrong. Exactly, because there is not one. There is not a single one of you miscreants out there. You pull them up by the bootstrappers. You corn husking weirdos. There is not a single one of you, if you were offered to go do your your favorite thing while in college, which is a great thing to be if you are a popular basketball player at the age of like 20, 21. And someone said, I will pay you 400 grand for each year for the final two years of your career and you get a car. You are taking that. You oh, are absolutely. taking it and not feeling bad at all, and that's unfortunate for 
it's going to be a very difficult thing for certain programs to navigate because there's no way like it is literally, I believe, money from an app that a lawyer uh, booster for Miami. That's just the revenue of this app. And he just gives it to the players. Is what yeah. It so I like. read a little I read a little bit about this guy um, and what he does. So he basically uh, he has a law firm um, and he specializes in Medicare or Medicaid fraud, um, which yeah, exactly. Uh, which is obviously a very uh, lucrative area of the law. Is it and... a respected area of law coming oh, yeah. from a lawyer? Yeah, yeah, because in essence, he's going after people who cheat the system. Oh, he's so going he's on out... the good side of it. I mean, depending on how you look at it, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, because his, his firm basically goes after people who've defrauded Medicare and basically taken taxpayer dollars, likely without doing the work that they build people for. Fair so like, like if you went into the hospital and they gave you like – uh, in fact, some some doctor here in Maryland just got in trouble for this. He was giving COVID tests to people, but then charging like six hours of medical work or something ridiculous to him. Um, so he's under investigation. But yeah, so uh, this guy has pledged. His name is John Ruiz. He's pledged ten million dollars to NIL deals um, for oddly enough Miami and FIU. So I'm not sure what his connection uh, to that is, but uh, his firm is. Uh, Valued at $32.6 billion. Say what? Yeah, I don't really understand how that is possible. How? What, what do that? No. What? No idea. It's a law firm. Right. So what? there's there's two things that this article mentions. Uh, this Ruiz guy owns 70% of the firm. So he is valued at approximately $20 billion. And you're going to see the term light. How does a law firm gain that kind of money? Well, right? because he, he, here's, here's, I believe, where most of the money has come from. Uh, the article goes on to say that they've created the product Life Wallet, which enables healthcare providers to more easily access a person's medical history before treatment. So in essence, I, I, it sounds as though they're basically selling this app to healthcare providers and – I would imagine that is where a large chunk of that money comes from. Why and how that was created by a law firm, I don't know. Uh, but yet here we are. Yeah, so, so that's lawyers that own something. That makes more sense. I just don't understand how, because in theory, the only profitable thing is your clientele in the name of your brand, right? Right, right. And I just don't understand how that could be thirty billion. Yeah, so it's I don't either. Because like even either. if you were really good, like it's got to be like three people that are really good, and like people die. Yeah, well, right. Like, yeah. that's a and you get, and you got a bunch of you got a bunch of associates who you're working like right. sixty to seventy hours a week. Um, oh, that's so, personal. <laughs> no, not for me, my friend. <laughs> uh, so this was from uh, an article on Business of College Sports, and the interesting thing to me is they listed every uh, deal, uh, every public deal uh, that that John Ruiz and Life Wallet uh, have signed. So far, uh, I believe they've signed 45 uh, different athletes to NIL deals. So you go and you look, and some of them are volleyball, some of them are football. There's baseball, because, of course, baseball very big uh, down in Florida uh, as far as Miami goes. So you look at those, and there's some golf uh, people, but Nigel Peck is the, o Peck is the only one that is in six figures. Good. He... he he has made 800000 as you said, plus a car, so whatever that's going to be valued at, which I would imagine you could probably just guesstimate and throw roughly $30,000 on top. Oh, no way. If it's an $800,000 con $800, contract, that's a sixty grand car. Like well, you can I'm get a Camry. A Camry is 30000 
I'm saying at least. So, I'm saying at least fifty grand. So you look there's at the rest no of way, them. There's no way they walk into the meeting and go, $800,000, also Honda Civic. Huh? Honda. It's a fully, hey, it's a fully loaded Honda Civic. So that's like thirty eight grand. Yeah, there you We're go. We're not getting there. Um, so the, the highest deal other than him, I want you to guess, uh, how much the highest deal this company has given out, not to Nigel Pack is 34,000. Uh, no, you're a little low. 72,000. You're a little high. 59,000. I'm just going to stop you. It's 50,000 <laughs> and it is to, uh, two football players from Miami, uh, Jake Garcia and Frank Ladson June. No, I'm sorry. Gilbert Frierson. Of course it is. Although he is listed as a striker on the football team, oh. so I don't know if that's just incorrectly labeled or is it what. Soccer? But, well, it says football. Some and this people is say a, football. It, I mean soccer. Right, but this is an American publication, so you would think that they would say soccer. You would. Um, um, so here, here's my concern with this. I, it's not overall that schools will have NIL money to offer everyone. Like, recruiting-wise, it's obviously going to shift things a little bit. If there are schools like Miami, which are usually an overachieving but not a powerhouse uh, kind of program, might. But in the end, I don't think high school recruiting is accurate enough that NIL NIL deals will change things as much as we fear it'll look like. But when you get into the transfer market, all of a sudden, it's not guesswork. The reason that Nigel Pack is making eight hundred grand. Is that they already have two years of him in college being yeah, one of the best guards in the country. They know what they're getting. So if all of a sudden these schools can every year have just one or two transfer spots where they can offer the best players around the country to leave, uh, not only are more players going to leave, but the best players are going to gravitate towards money after maybe being just the three star out of the freshman year and you know a program like overachieving because they got this guy and they helped grow him. And all of a sudden, none of them are going to stick around for their full four years. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah, if- see, I think I think that's the thing I haven't really seen discussed lately. Uh, all the internet discourse about how this is destroying college sports and teams like Purdue and the lower schools will never be able to compete again. And, you know, there's probably some truth, kernel of truth to a little bit of that. I don't think Purdue is going to suddenly fall off the map and go away. No. But I think your point is incredibly important because it's going to allow those players who were maybe, you know, underrated out of high school, two stars, low three stars, mid three stars, and go to a mid-major or a lower level team in a big conference to play how they know they're capable of, play a year or two, and then suddenly jump in the portal and a school's offering them, you know, $800,000 over how, two years. So if Nigel Pack got eight hundred grand, if after Jaden Ivey's freshman season, when he wasn't, he was a decent recruit, but he wasn't, you know, top 40. He wasn't a top five pick in the NBA looking recruit. How much money would he have gotten to leave after his freshman year? I would say, I would probably peg it to similar to, to pack. Correct. And it would be hard. Could you, is there any scenario in your head where you would tell a 19 year old kid not to go make $400,000 the next year to do the same thing they would do for not $400,000? No. And, and, <laughs> And here's the here's the thing. I mean, I'm a Purdue guy through and through. My dad went to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, you all, have a Purdue podcast. You write on a Purdue I website. I mean, three of my older brothers went to Purdue. Uh, all of their wives went to Purdue. My wife went to Purdue. Uh, two of my brothers live in Lafayette, West Lafayette. My parents retired to West La- or to Lafayette. So, I mean, we're a Purdue family through and through. Now, let's pretend my sophomore year of Purdue, uh, as I'm managing it 
uh, or as I'm majoring in management, <laughs> you know, obviously I'm managing a major. I guess. Yes. Uh, if, if, you know, let's say Texas university of Texas came to me and said, look, we'd love to have you in our program. We think it'll really bring us up. Um, we're going to offer you a hundred thousand dollars each year. Don't worry about tuition. That's all covered. Room and board's covered, but you're going to get a hundred thousand dollars a year for the next two years. Uh, I'm sorry, but I love Purdue, but bye-bye. Yeah. I'm going to Alaska. Yeah. Um, I'll go to the state of Florida, like Pequa, like, Oh yeah, uh, you. I don't care what school it is. You 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 name the school. If you're offering me a hundred thousand dollars to come finish my education, do what I was doing anyway. You know what? And pay I'm, for and, it. I'm and, doing it. And this could very really very easily be something that happens in the future. I'm going to Bloomington. Oh, see that one. That's I would. I know it's heresy to say, but see, uh, like you I, would. I think don't what tell I would me do. Would. I think what I think what I would do in that situation is. You take that offer from IU and you say, okay, they're offering me $100,000 to come. And then you just like let that information leak. You give it to somebody to let it leak and say you're willing to go anywhere else for just a little bit less. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, hey, we ain't Mark Cuban rich. Go sit down. Go, go to pack your bags. Yeah. You're, see that? You're going to go be a Hoosier. That is something to worry about as a Purdue fan. You know, Mark Cuban has shown the willingness oh. to open up his wallet for IU. Even though he denies that he yeah, helped how much, with the buyout. How much money Archie has Miller. IU raised just to fire coaches? Right. So and nothing gets uh, IU more pumped than bringing in big names. Yeah. Nothing. So it, it is. I'm not. It's terrifying. To say it's very troublesome as a Purdue fan. And and I said this on Twitter that this is going to be an issue where Purdue might struggle because there aren't. We don't have a law school. We don't have a school of medicine. And I got some pushback from folks who are saying, well, you know, people are always more loyal to their to their where they got their undergrad. Yes, that's true. What about but a, a lot of people, school, though? We got a lot of rich CEOs. Yeah. But uh, OK, let me I'll get to that in a second. I don't know how success works. Levin. I, well, I don't. OK, it's true. Out of the two of us here, <laughs> not the lawyer. <laughs> so here's the thing. People a lot of people go to law school at the same school they went to their undergrad in. A lot of people who go to medical school go to their medical school at the same place they went to their undergrad. That's not always true. It's not a, a truism throughout you know every every place. But a lot of people, if they know they're going to go to law school or, or if they know they're going to go to med school, if that's what they've always wanted to do, they will seek out a school with a good law school or a good med school and go there for undergrad. They'll try to make connections that way, hoping they'll be able to get in, hoping they'll be able to make inroads before they actually start their program. So that is, I think, what's going to harm Purdue is it, we just don't have that pipeline of what's Evan Boudreaux doing? Uh, I believe, well, his family's hella rich, that's for sure. That's what I'm saying. Um, so Can maybe we, we gave him a Big Ten opportunity. We he did. got to almost go to the Final Four. It's true. What? Um, but come to, on, but come on, Curly. To your point about you know Purdue does have a great uh, business program, management program, and we've got a lot of you know engineers that go on and start businesses and. Uh, we've got some tech folks out there. A couple billionaires, I think, actually have gone to Purdue and are and are still out there kicking around. Call them up. Uh, well, I hope someone does. Um, but I mean, somebody pointed this out on Twitter, and it I I have no um, data to back this up, but it's something that feels true as someone who went to <laughs> Purdue and 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 interacted with these uh -huh. people. These people who are in are the engineers who go on and make billions. They and don't the care that much about go on and make billions. Purdue they give do they? way less of a shit about Purdue sports yeah. than someone uh, like you or who I didn't go to Miami, but yeah. really liked the jerseys when they grew yeah. up and so, just happened to get rich. 
it's just it, I got I got I have two questions. I have two questions. Uh, my first question is more broad. There's no way the system stays this way, right? No, I can't imagine. They will the implement NCAA, some kind of cap. This, I mean, this whole thing is the NCAA's fault. Yes. Uh, the, the NCAA had the chance to define the rules, define mm-hmm. what the NIL was going to be, and they basically, for whatever reason, I, I think because they couldn't come they to They just consensus, buried their head in the sand, right? Yeah, and they just said, thought it wasn't, like, they knew the bomb was coming, but they're like, oh, we don't have time to build a shelter! Yeah, so they're like, I don't know, you guys... Save yourselves! And states started implementing rules, uh, you know, putting in laws, and then the NCAA just threw up their hands and said, let's just see what happens. So I would imagine in five years, NIL is going to look a lot different than it does right now. Okay, follow-up So what's your second question? question? Does this make last year's Purdue team and the loss to St. Peter's hurt even more? Because we don't know if the future of Purdue basketball has shifted in a way where we no longer have the advantage of getting these good guys, keeping these good guys. Are we ever going to have a team stacked like that while the NIL is like this? So does making so does that loss hurt even more now that we didn't get it done? <laughs> I don't know about even more because it still hurts a lot. But I think your your point is well founded that given that we don't know what Purdue is doing in the NIL space right now, um, we it, you know it could be a couple years until the situation kind of puts itself back in equilibrium and a team like Purdue finds what they're going to do and has that chance again. So, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it makes it hurt a little bit more, but it's either way, that loss is going to hurt for a while. So it's our one biggest advantage was coach painter and the consistency of our program. And we knew year from year, we are going to get good players, develop them, have good teams. And the kind of hope is that if you're that good, that often one time you're going to break through. All of a sudden, there is no certainty to college sports. We don't know what they're going to look like in five years. And right now, if it looks, if it stays the way it looks this year, this offseason, we don't have an advantage anymore. If anything, we have a disadvantage because we, like you said, we don't have the money. And there are going to be schools that fight against this in a way like, oh, we're still doing it the right way. Our kids didn't come here just for money. Even if that is a stupid argument, and even if it's not fully the argument, there is going to be this underlying, you know, Purdue fans and Purdue players and the program takes a lot of pride in doing it the right way. And it's going to be a long time before the right way becomes paying out a ton of money in an IA. So yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and all these collectives are pocket popping up where basically boosters can just pool money, uh, into the, into the collective. And then it gets doled out to, to, uh, recruits that are coming in. Purdue is said to be working on one based on the word of the assistant athletic director, but we don't know much about it and we don't know how exactly it's going to work or how much money that's going to be. It's so funny because I believe uh, the NCAA has has put out two rule, well, quote, rules, unquote, about the use of NILs. And they say you cannot, you cannot use it as a recruiting inducement and you cannot use it to retain an athlete. And those are but the you most can use laughable... it to grab another athlete. No, those are the most laughable rules because that is literally all they're used for. Ugh. I mean, and again, good for pack, man. If if again, 800 grand and a car, I'm taking it in a heartbeat. Each and every person who's listening to this podcast would take it in a, in a heartbeat as well. And if you're saying you wouldn't when you were 19, 20, 21 years old, you're lying to yourself or else your family is full of billionaires and money means nothing to you. 
And if your and if your family is full of billionaires, send us an email. We'd like to talk about <laughs> Purdue's NIL collective. I got nothing else. I'm, yeah, I'm just it's, sad. It's it's going to be something to watch, and I'm anxious to see what the NCAA does because we've seen a lot of deals uh, make headlines. You know, there was a, I think a million dollars to the uh, Ohio State. Uh, is it was it Quinn Ewers or Ewers or something like that? Uh, and then he left after a semester. Um, I'm not even sure where that money goes at that point, but I, I think this um, this pack deal could be something that catches the NCAA's eye and they at least try to do something because $800,000 over two years is just an incredible amount of money. And um, quick, I, I, you may know this. I had to Google this, Casey. Do you know what the minimum salary uh, for the NBA this season, the 2021-2022 season was? Uh, somewhere around 600000 no, nine hundred and twenty-five thousand. Oh, it's raised quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Apparently, next year it will be over a million dollars. Will be the minimum. But That's so good. he's making eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. So he'll be making fairly close to the NBA minimum over a two-year period. Uh, and that's that's not bad before you even uh, figure out if he's going to make it into the NBA. He's he's made eight hundred thousand dollars. So good for him. Sucks for Purdue. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, and we'll obviously keep you updated as the NIL stuff changes. But we are going to take a break, come back, and talk about the latest Eric Hunter Jr. news. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. So you may remember uh, about two weeks ago, we, we discussed the fact that Eric Hunter Jr. had declared for the NBA draft while leaving his uh, the possibility of returning for the COVID year of his eligibility uh, open. So 
to us, to Casey and I here on the podcast, that was good news uh, because Hunter Jr. really came on at the end of the season, and with Purdue losing Isaiah Thompson to the transfer portal, it would be really great if Purdue could uh, have a seasoned guard come back and kind of bring some stability to the point guard position. Um, Well, on the 21st, so late last week, it was announced by basically every college basketball writer on Twitter that Purdue point guard Eric Hunter Jr. has entered the transfer portal. So now he will be a grad transfer, meaning he's got one year immediate eligibility, and he could go anywhere in the country. Um, I've not seen any comment from Hunter Jr. himself on if Purdue is still in the running, but that is all we know. So it seems like it is getting more and more unlikely that Hunter Jr. will be back on the team next year. Uh, Casey, does that kind of the feeling you get? I don't know now. I think the Nigel Pack not choosing Purdue leaves what I think the one reason why he might not have come back particularly is because he wouldn't be guaranteed the lead guard spot. Right, yeah, that's true. And now that he, uh, Pack is not coming here, I would think it would open up the possibility of Hunter's return. He has been here for now four years. Um, granted, some of his quotes were he getting anxious. I believe the words he used was getting anxious to see what his life could be like after Purdue. The question is, I guess, who would be that interested in Eric Hunter? Look at his numbers on paper. It's not a, it's not an eye-popping stat line. Um, he's more of a does the small things, shoots the ball well, but not prolifically, not a big go-get-a-bucket guy. A good defender, not great. Uh, I don't know. He made a choice, clearly, to look at the portal. He obviously is interested in the idea of basketball away from Purdue. But it's got to be a hard choice for him. It's a hard choice for me to imagine. I'm not sure where he goes where it would be a better position at this point. Right. right. Who who would take him (laughs) that would be an upgrade? Purdue, I mean, the reason why we thought we had a chance with Nigel Pack and why we did have a chance is there's not more, there's not many basketball positions in the country more appealing to a lead guard because we have every other piece. We are begging for someone to have the ball in their hands to make jumpers, score points, and facilitate to a bunch of really good guys, um, players that he's familiar with. He's always... It always sounds like he is very well-liked, very well-respected by players today, players that have been there. So you have to think that, you know, he's pretty fond of his time at Purdue. Then again, I mean, I'm 34, you're a little older than that. We've all been at places that were good to us, that we were happy to be there. But I think we all know that feeling of my time to leave is now. Yeah, I mean... need to step somewhere else. You know, neither of us were college athletes. I know that's shocking to the audience, but... The the thing that stands out to me is when I you know got my first job out of college, uh, I was given a great opportunity. I, I loved working there. I loved the people I worked with. But at a certain point, I looked around and kind of realized there really wasn't much else available for me um, because the, the two folks above me um, really had no intention of of leaving. Um, and, you know, nor should they. They were they were in excellent roles. They were excellent people, still friends with them to this day. And it was just one of those things. It's like, I'm very happy here. I could be content here for a long time. Um, But the fact of the matter is there are different opportunities out there 
and possibly better opportunities out there. And I'm sure that's how Hunter feels. Um, he, like you said, he was given a great opportunity at Purdue. Um, he seems to be well liked. He seems to have enjoyed his time, but maybe he'd be doing a disservice to himself if he didn't go look around and see what was out there. Um, it, it should be, it should be noted that Kofi Coburn did basically this exact thing last year. He entered his name in the draft and in the transfer portal, but ultimately decided to return to Illinois. Uh, for this year. So he is the most high profile uh, instance of that occurring. I'm not familiar with any other instances. Um, but I, I mean, I suppose it's possible. And it, he did do this before Packhead committed to Miami. So it is possible that that might have nudged him in the direction of Purdue. But I just I don't know. It goes back to the first part of our episode. I mean, with NIL money out there, who knows? Maybe maybe someone will will have some money for a guy like Eric Hunter Jr., um, maybe Penn State with Shrewsbury, his former assistant coach, wants him. Um, maybe there's a school in the Indianapolis area where where Hunter grew up and played high school ball uh, that can throw him a little cash and bring him in. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe Butler, you know? Ooh, that would hurt. Yes. That would hurt. I, I mean, I agree. Um, yeah, but at the same time, you could argue there's probably money in West Lafayette because he is so well-known. Um, I don't know. It's weird to have a coach who doesn't feel like a car salesman because <laughs> if you're painter just altruistically i'm talking to hunter every second of the day and telling him why this is the best place for him because i i need him i do, at, at this stage we are looking at a bleak bleak transfer market um i mean the name everyone's going to talk about is Jalen llewellyn we went over my concerns with him we did so not thrilled and i i don't i i think it's it's hard to talk yourself into how, in theory, this would be coming back for the fifth year, the fifth time of doing the same thing with the same school. But in theory, it should be he's not sharing the backcourt with another ball dominant guard for the first time in his career. It should be different. And we're talking about a guy who came out of Indiana as a top 10 all-time scorer of the basketball. Right. And I'm sure there's a big part of him that wants to – be that player again who believes he can be. And it, it probably is hard to say, well, I'm in the same system with the same coach, same team with a lot of the same guys. And do I see myself as being able to have the room to stretch myself into a new person here when I've already, you know, been this for so long. And I'm guessing that's part of what the turmoil is and what he's battling with himself. And at this point, uh, Purdue better hope that he comes back. Because if not, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, uh, I think those are all very good points and very well said. Um, you know, there invariably will be additional transfers that come on the market. Whether Purdue will have any interest in them uh, is questionable. Because at this point, I think if if a big enough name was in the portal, or if a big enough name was thinking of transferring, they'd already be in the portal. Um, maybe the Nigel Pack news of $800,000 will shake loose some folks, but... I don't think that money is out there for everybody. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see if if Painter adds any additional players for next season or if he can convince Hunter Jr. to come back. But, you know, that's that's the team we're looking at right now. And uh, Hunter Jr. would be very, uh, very welcome on this team, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's probably the fourth best guard on the transfer market. Hunter Jr., you mean? Yeah, so, okay. somewhere right in there. Uh, the Iowa State kid is good. I believe, I think it was Kyle in the group chat said he was likely going to Tennessee. Um, Kyle, for 
all of his whatever is usually not that wrong about this stuff. And it, yeah, I just, it's it's Eric Hunter who's been here and we know what he is and we know he can lead a team and we got to just believe in having a little more potential than that. Or it has taken a swing on a mid-major guard. And it is hard to put your team on the back of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, not a not a thrilling, exciting episode for you, but that's Hunter, what we got back. today. So yeah, let's uh, let's bring back Eric Hunter Jr. and and see what these freshmen coming in can do. And maybe we'll add a transfer guard, but I, I don't know. Things aren't looking promising right now. We're gonna get a lot uh, of Ethan Morton next year. We're not gonna uh, have to well, ask for more of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's good. That's good with me. I just uh, I hope he can rise to the challenge. So. That is going to do it for tonight, folks. Uh, For Casey and myself, thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, review, hammer that subscribe button, and we'll chat with you next time.